welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 107. I apologize for not putting out an episode last week, but in this week's episode, I'll be talking about a young 19-year-old international student from China. My sources for today's episode are See No Evil, Season 10, Episode 10, titled The Other Man, Wikipedia, CNN, PressCitizen.com, and CBS2Iwo.com. I also want to say that some of these names um, from China are a little bit hard to pronounce, but I'm doing my best. And as usual, all of my sources will be, will be linked in today's show notes. It was horrifying, a member of our own community being missing. She's just disappeared. This is a young Chinese international student, somebody who is so far from home and her family. I think I found something. You could smell the car from some distance away. It's an unmistakable smell. It was definitely the odor of human death. Today's case takes place in Ames, Iowa at the Iowa State University which is a popular place for international students, especially those from China. Xiao Tong, known as Tong, was born in 1994 in Dalian, a Chinese city. In 2012, Tong was accepted into Iowa State University to major in chemical engineering. Tong's friend Amy described her as friendly, brave, and lovely. She was a good student and very smart. Tong would always say she felt behind on her studies, but was actually one of the first people to finish her work, and she had a very high GPA of around 3.75. In September 2014, Tong was part of a Saturday study group with her friends, and that weekend she had told her friends that she was going to spend the weekend with her boyfriend, Li. She had met him in Beijing when they attended a foreign language course. Li also ended up in Ames, Iowa, and they continued dating. He's referred to as her boyfriend, but many people close to Tong said that Li wanted more of a future with her than she did. On September 17, 2014, the Ames Police Department received a phone call from Tong's roommate and she reported her missing. It was very unusual for her to be gone that long. The police asked Tong's roommate when she had last heard from her, and she had received a message on September 8th. It was from Lee's phone. In the message, Lee said that he had an emergency and may be flying back to China. It also said that Tong was going to be catching a bus to Minnesota to visit friends. Tong's roommate tried to reach out to Tong's Facebook friends when she hadn't returned. None of her friends had seen her. Lee had started his college experience in New York and moved to Ames to be closer to Tong. Tong's roommates seemed to know that Tong may have been seeing another guy, Baxin Ying. No one in Tong's life seemed to know much about either boyfriend. The Iowa City Police was contacted for assistance in trying to locate Tong. They were also able to get a description of Tong's vehicle, a beige Toyota with Kentucky license plates. An alert was put out for her car and to contact police if it was found. I know that we talked on the phone already. We know that there were some transactions between you and Mr. Lee. And we're just kind of curious how that all came to fruition. Oh, I, I actually pinged him first. I said, how are you doing? And then he said, hey, Paul, can you help me to take over the ticket? Uh, can you help me to see if I can go back to China sometime next week? I said, okay. He's a good friend of mine, so I helped him get the tickets. Police also obtained Tong's phone and bank records. They wanted to see if Tong had actually purchased a bus ticket to Minnesota 
but she hadn't used her card since September 6th. On September 6th, there had been a purchase made shortly before the study group meeting from a convenience store called Come and Go. The police went to obtain the surveillance footage from the gas station. There was a couple that had entered the store. The footage was very grainy, but the footage from above the cash register was more clear. It was Tong and Lee. There were no signs that she was in danger. Boxin was asked to go into the station for an interview. He admitted to his relationship with Tong. He said their relationship had just started and he didn't report her missing because he wasn't concerned at that point. The police believed if he had done something, it was because he learned that she had been seeing another man. The police obtained Lee's cell phone records. On September 6th, his phone pinged in Nevada, Iowa. The police learned that Lee and Tong were planning to spend the weekend together, so they contacted hotels in Nevada, Iowa, and they made a reservation at the Budget Inn for the night of September 6th. Nevada was just outside of Ames. The police drove to the hotel to interview the staff there. The front desk agent recognized them because he had checked them in. The police asked to look at the surveillance footage, but the cameras weren't working. The front desk agent didn't check them out or see them turn in their keys. The police asked to search the room to see if something had possibly occurred in that room. It had already been two weeks since they, since they had been there, and it was cleaned. Boxin had an alibi for the weekend that Tong went missing, and he seemed to be cleared as a suspect. The police turned their attention back to Lee. Lee seemed to be their main focus and person of interest. He had made several phone calls to one number on the weekend that Tong disappeared. The person he had called was a man named Paul Kwok. He said that he had been trying to assist Lee with flights out of the country, and this obviously raised red flags to the police. The police set up an per in-person interview with Paul. Paul said he had reached out to Lee first, and Lee had asked him if he could help him get a flight back to China. Paul said Lee usually asked him for advice or for help. Paul said he asked Lee why he was leaving because he had school, and that Lee said it was an emergency. Paul had also asked if he needed a return ticket, but Lee told him not to worry about it. Paul had purchased a one-way ticket for Lee on September 8th out of Cedar Rapids with a layover in Chicago. The police were able to confirm that Lee had been on that flight. Lee had paid in cash for a cab to the Cedar Rapids airport. The news quickly spread around campus about Tong's disappearance, and people were sharing her missing posters. The text message from Lee that was sent supposedly from Tong on September 8th had placed him in Chicago. That's where he had a layover, and it was most likely him that had sent that message. On September 26, 2014, the police believed that Tong's car was somewhere near Lee's apartment. Lee lived in the southeast part of town in Iowa City. And the police were right. Tong's beige Toyota was located, and the police started to show up and tape off the area discovered Tong's car, they were immediately hit in the face with the odor of decomposition. In the trunk of the car, the police found a suitcase. There was a body inside the suitcase, and there were insects on it. There was a towel wrapped around the victim's head. There were two weights inside the suitcase, and a cell phone was on the driver's seat, side seat. It was Tong's phone. The police were able to enter Lee's apartment. There was a suitcase near the door, and a container of milk left sitting out. There was no sign of foul play, but that someone had rushed to get out of the area. The medical examiner ruled that the cause of death was asphyxiation and blunt force trauma to the face. Tong's fingerprints were compared to a fingerprint sheet required for all international students, and it was a positive match to Tong. The police went back to the Budget Inn to room 218 to see if there was any evidence that the murder had taken place in that room. Luminol testing was done. The towels that were found in the room matched the brand and manufacturer premium quality from the towel found wrapped around Tong's head. 
It's believed that Tong was killed at the Budget Inn. The police once again looked at Lee's phone records. On September 3rd, he had spoken to someone for about three hours. The call was to Karen Yang, another international student who was attending the University of Michigan. The police traveled to Michigan to speak to her. The police asked her if Lee had ever spoken to them about Tong. She said yes and how they met. Karen was asked if she knew of any issues they had. She said not until September 3rd. Lee told Karen that Tong had butt-dialed him and he heard her conversation with another guy. Lee had said that Tong was saying that their relationship wasn't going to last much longer. The police needed more evidence to arrest Lee. They took photos of the suitcase found in Tong's car, and they called different stores to see who had sold that brand of suitcase. The suitcase was sold at TJ Maxx in Ames. The police went to that TJ Maxx to obtain the surveillance footage. A man believed to be Lee could be seen on the footage buying a suitcase on September 6th. He was seen looking at different suitcases before picking out the one he wanted. He was also seen comparing the sizes and taking his time to pick one out. He could then be seen at the register, and it was the same suitcase from Tong's car. Lee had also purchased the dumbbells found from Walmart in Ames. An arrest warrant was issued for first-degree murder. However, Lee had gone back to China, and the police knew that China had a non-extradition treaty with the U.S., so Lee would have to be arrested and tried in China. In April 2015, the prosecutors reached out to the embassy in China to ask if they'd be willing to get involved in the case, and they agreed. In China, the hashtag, hashtag FindLee was circulating. On May 13, 2015, Li turned himself in in Wanzhou, China. On March 23, 2016, Li's trial began in China. The prosecutor said that Tong had butt-dialed Li on September 3rd. He then heard her speaking to Baksam Yang and heard her complaining about him. Li then became angry and came up with a plan to hurt her that weekend. On September 5th, Lee called Paul to purchase a ticket back to China. On September 6th, he and Tong got together. He told her that they were going to have a romantic weekend. While Tong was at her study group, Lee went to TJ Maxx and Walmart to purchase his supplies. He then picked up Tong and they went to the budget inn. He killed her in that room. He hit her in the head with the dumbbell, strangled her, and put her in the suitcase to leave her in her car. He then kept the, kept the car at his apartment complex and fled to China. In June 2016, Lee was convicted of intentional homicide and was sentenced to life in prison in China. Support for the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join ever... Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off plus free worldwide shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 14 million balls. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived and oh man, it is a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawn Mower 4.0 Trimmer, Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a Travel Bag to Hold Your Goodies. First off, the Lawn Mower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawn Mower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 4000K LED spotlight you need a more precise shave. 
Because this trimmer is waterproof, you can say goodbye to the mess on the bathroom floor. You thought that was good, but want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? The Performance Package 4.0 also includes this Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Their Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Reviver Ball Toner will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will thank you. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. My husband loves the boxers, and I have ended up stealing the travel bag to use for extra storage. It's time to take care of yourself, so go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CRIMEOCLOCK at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code CRIMEOCLOCK. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. It's just heartbreaking. Tong was described as beautiful and smart. She had her whole life ahead of her as she was only 19. Lee seemed to become absolutely infatuated with her. Tong wanted to move on and be with someone else, and he never gave her that opportunity. If he couldn't have her, no one could. My book recommendation for this week is The Game She Plays by Sienna Sterling. Summary. To everyone else, it was just a weekend house party, complete with a pheasant shoot, inside jokes, and after-dinner games. But for American, Nicola Harris, swept off her feet, by aristocratic Englishman James Shuttleworth, the weekend is her first chance to penetrate his close-knit circle of posh friends. People with names like Badger and Trez, people who will soon have the titles of Earl and Countess. Nicola is eager to fit in, but she can't seem to navigate this insular world, where everyone speaks private language and secrets are hinted at behind the jolly jokes and witty barbs. Just as Nicola begins to feel welcome, Juliet arrives. Mysterious, stunning, charismatic, Juliet is also James's first love, the one he, who left him heartbroken ten years before. Juliet holds the men in thrall and the woman under her spell, and although it seems like she can do no wrong, outsider Nicola senses something poisonous in her presence, something that sparks insecurity, jealousy, betrayal, and violence. Because Juliet is a champion game player, able to lure you into her circle by finding your most vulnerable spot, and when the game she plays turns deadly, everyone is a suspect. Nicola meets a stranger, James, on a plane and becomes interested in him. Nicola is eager to impress James and the people around him, but soon she meets Juliet. Nicola senses something is off and is determined to find out what it is, but she might regret it. This book kept me intrigued throughout, and I really liked that it was a bit of a different setting than the other books I have read. I give this book a 9 out of 10. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. As usual, I'd love to know what you think. Thank you again to Manscaped for sponsoring today's episode. For 20% off plus free shipping, please use the code CRIMEOCLOCK. And please subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, email me at itscrimeoclocksummer at gmail.com, buy me a coffee, and please leave me a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying this podcast. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's Crime O'Clock Somewhere.